Hello and welcome. This is the Hustle Over Everything podcast where we unite hustlers and we celebrate the journey to success, giving valuable tips, strategies, and tactics to become better entrepreneurs and better people. I'm Alex. And I'm your main man, Ono Sinde. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And today, man, we actually have a real treat for you, man. I'm actually super excited for this podcast. Um, we're interviewing Cheryl today. Um, man, before I even get into it, I, let me give you a quick intro. Cheryl Sutherland experienced something that many people feel, knowing that there is something more and having trouble discovering it. Taking a risk, she left her job, her nine to five, and focused completely on building her self-confidence and nurturing her inner gifts through journaling, reading, and working with her affirmations. It was then when she rediscovered her passion um, was to uplift and support others in seeing and knowing the very best in themselves. She started her personal growth company, Please Notes, fueled with excitement and drive she didn't know was possible. Man, Please Notes is an affirmation-filled book, um, journal, sticky notes, a whole brand around affirmations. The idea for Please Notes came when the founder, Cheryl, was in a weird transition of her life. She just quit her corporate job and knew she wanted to start something that fulfilled her. However, she also knew that her self-confidence wasn't in the place where it needed to be. She decided to work on herself through using affirmations, journaling, and delving back into her personal growth practice. By reinforcing who she really was and getting clear on who she wanted to be, she realized that it was personal development that she had been in love with. She created Please Notes and has been a success. It's been featured on Forbes, Fast Company, HuffPost, Insta, and a lot more. She's born in Calgary. She's a true Canadian. When you're born in Calgary, you, you automatically get stamped Canadian. Um, <laughs> and her adventurous spirit was allowed her to travel all over the world, um, experiencing uh, growth in her personal work. And her life took a huge shift. Owen, what do you think of the pod? Bro. Bro, 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 bro. My bro. My brother, Alex. Yo, you know what? This conversation with Cheryl, it's one of those ones that um, it just felt like you're talking to a homie. You feel me? It fact. just felt like uh, it's three of us just chopping it up and talking about positivity, talking about the law of attraction, one of my favorite subjects and manifesting the dreams that you want to manifest. And uh, her just talking about her journey to like building her business using, you know, her own uh, affirmations and which is just powerful, you know, because as humans, you know, they say we only use 2% of our brains, right? Actually not 2%, but we use less than 10% of it, right? So uh, having these conversations was really exciting. And also just talking about like the whole Black Lives Matter and everything going on and all the stories and the things she's doing, creating the docs. I mean, I mean, I can go on, but overall, I was very happy with this conversation, man. I even forgot we're podcasting. It just felt like we're just three homies chopping it up. Uh, yeah. What, what do you think? Fact. I agree. Uh, it definitely felt like the homie. Um, we met, this to give some backstory for the audience. Mm-hmm. We met twice at two FreshBooks events. I think like FreshBooks is like a continuous theme. <laughs> throughout the pod you mean it's, i went through fresh books bro chris know, fresh, i think chris it was uh, um eden um, yeah i think that's and then and please notice as well miss cheryl so yeah it's fresh books has been the connector most definitely um 
And the conversation was great. She, t- she gave a lot of value around personal growth, um, mm-hmm. around her experience in LA versus um, growing up in Calgary, um, growing a business, you know, the yeah. economics around it, um, making sure your manufacturing is right, making sure um, you know the ins and outs. One thing that I found interesting though was Kickstarter as well. That was kind of like a, a pivot. That, that was a time. big gem, you know. what I'm saying yeah, like we yeah. we weren't really going in there, but the the gem she dropped, you know, like also I've seen Kickstarters fail, and in the in the in and I've seen the successful, but in the success is a failure baked within it. So talking to her about it was really eye opening. Most definitely, I really liked um, how she she broke down what makes a valuable Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that really stood out was her. Uh, attention to story, you know, yeah. and attention to um, the value that story gives people, you know, um, and that's like wrapped into her quotes and her whole personality. And that kind of shapes the brand that she has, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was a very interesting pod. I can't even wait to, to let you guys hear it. So um, yeah. let's, let's jump right into the next segment. Let's do it, bro. So business tip of the week. So this is going to be an introduction. Um, into Facebook ads. Because um, if I was to try and fit Facebook ads into one business tip of the week, it would be one entire podcast, maybe three podcasts. So just something I just want to focus on um, in this case is the power of Instagram stories. Um, Instagram stories, when it comes to Facebook ads, is one of the most underpriced um, platforms for Facebook ads currently. It's the easiest way for someone to opt in and give a quick story to their consumers. So um, one thing I'd like to suggest is when you're looking at doing Instagram stories, there's a few things. One, create the content native to the platform. So when you're creating the Instagram stories, make sure you're using the proper proportions, the, the text and stickers that match Instagram stories. Also, make sure you're using HD content that promotes people to actually swipe up and communicates the story. A lot of people miss these small points that make a big difference. Also, use Instagram's features. You can now use polls. You can now use the GIFs. You can now use music in the Instagram stories ads. Also, you can have several stories in the ads. So this is a quick tip. It's a quick intro tip to Facebook ads. We're going to be diving more along the way, but this is a quick tidbit. When you're using Instagram ads and stories, pay attention to the details and the minutia of using the platform. All right, now let's move forward. Man, also just to drop in there, man, like tell them how much you spent on Facebook ads in your career. Oh, way over six figures. Over six figures, eh? So sure. I would say probably around like over 400. Over yes. 400. Yeah. So guys, when Alex is dropping these tips, man, he's coming from a level of experience, uh, like a professional level, you know? Most, most definitely. Um, the difference between um, opinions is and facts is data. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Without data, we're just another person with an opinion, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, this is not just coming from uh, an opinion standpoint, this is coming from what has happened that I've, I've seen through data over a long period of time, you know, through me meeting with people at Facebook, um, through my own experience running ads and losing money and gaining uh, more uh, 
customers for my clients. So yeah, this is, you know, free gems, big gems when it comes to Facebook ads. So yeah, please take that, use it. Um, let me know if these are valuable to you, you know, make sure you DM us on Instagram at 24 seven hustler. Let me know what you mm-hmm. think. Excuse me. Pardon me. Absolutely, yeah. bro. Yeah, man. And uh, let's get into hustle nation of the week, man. Yes, indeed. So here we go. Mr. Hustle Muscle here on the micas. So listen, you know, the one book I've been reading is Atomic Habits uh, by James Clear. This book is such a transformational book that I've just been soaking in all the tips. Um, One of the things that we as humans are is we're creatures of our habits. Everything we do from the time we sleep, the time we wake up, uh, what we eat, um, how we greet people, everything that you do is a reflection of your habits. And the reason why you form these habits is your brain looks for shortcuts to really not really think to do things because your brain has to function a lot of things. So it looks for shortcuts to find the easiest and quickest way to do things. So it makes your body remember things and it gives you muscle memory. So that's why when you walk into a room, you don't even think about turning on the lights. It's just like a natural reflex. So as during quarantine, one thing I realized early on is that I was breaking all the habits I had developed early in the beginning, going to bed late, waking up later, uh, you know, breaking my diet. Uh, my workouts were totally off because I can't go to good life fitness anymore. So I had to find a way to improvise my workouts. Luckily I have a dumbbell and a chin up bar. So these things really threw me off. But one thing that I've been doing is getting back on track with setting good habits and setting great habits is one of the key essentials to success in, in anything you do, uh, in the way you work, in the way you, uh, think, uh, how you're going to achieve your goals from, planning to doing anything that you want to do. It's all about the habits. You can have good habits and you can have bad habits. So my message this week is focus on planning good habits. Uh, One of the things I've learned is I've always set goals in the past, but goals don't really matter. Goals are the end destination, but the the only way you're going to get to those goals is if you set great habits to get to that goal. So if your goal is to make a hundred K by the end of the year, break that goal into a month and then to a week, into a day. What are the habits that I needed to do to get to a hundred thousand dollar income a year? Is it like reading? What books do you need to be reading? Is it uh, people you need to be talking to that you need to be reaching out to? What kind of like daily activities do you need to do to get those, uh, to get that money? If it's losing weight, don't think about, I'm going to lose 20 pounds in the next two months. Think about, okay, let me do five pounds a week. Let me lose five pounds a week. Okay, what are the habits I'm going to need to do? Drink four or five glasses of water. Uh, have a diet, which, you know, I count my macros and you don't have to think about it. So you're enjoying these delicious meals. They've already been, the macros are counted. And all you're just doing is you're, is you're following the form and form follows function. So setting great habits is the key to success. You want to do things that are so programmed into your daily life that they're already taking you to your destination. They're taking you to your goal. And that's the message for this week, guys, is set great habits. Um, If you don't set great habits, naturally your mind tends to develop bad habits because you reach for the things that give you the most comfort. If it's eating chips, eating snacks, it's, it gives you that uh, dopamine hit, like where you feel good about it. So Train yourself to set good habits, going to bed early, waking up early and doing certain things. 
one of the things I do want to share is I've gotten a great habit of waking up uh, around 6.45, doing yoga at 7. At, after 7.30, I do a half-hour kettlebell workout. Then with 15 minutes of meditation, then I start my day. So I've been doing this for the past um, 26 days now. So it's, it's a 30-day challenge. Uh, uh, me and my three friends I grew up with, went to high school with, we've been doing it together. So I noticed like how I'm being more productive and accomplishing a lot more. So uh, you can just start with one thing just to train your brain, but set great habits, guys. Like that is the only way you can get things done is don't think about the end goal, but just think about now and what you can do each and every day to get your mind to get there. So that is the Hustle Nation message of the week. Ow. Yes, sir. Oh, man. Just to add on to that, man. I actually just bought Atomic Habits, you know, um, based on Owen's suggestion. You know, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm starting that book off and really diving deep. So I can't wait to report back on what's been happening from following the Atomic Habits. Absolutely, bro. You're definitely going to enjoy this read. And uh, it's going to be a great one, bro. I'm not even going to say anything else, but you already know how passionate I am about the book. So I'm just going to let you do you. I uh, appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. Let's get into the housekeeping items. Yep. Let's do it. So, to support the podcast, you have a few options for free. If you're on Apple, make sure to rate, write a review of our podcast. Let me say that again. Make sure to give us a rating and make sure to write a review of our podcast this makes a huge difference a lot of our audiences on apple um apple Podcasts, apple music so make sure you rate and write a review if you're on spotify make sure to follow us and download the podcast if you're on google play hit subscribe and auto download so you'll be notified when we have a fresh pod ready to go and also on instagram make sure you share this the podcast in the stories um tag us in the stories we'll make sure to repost you and give us some feedback of the show you know um this is a conversation it's not just a one-way dialogue you know let's keep the conversation going on instagram and follow us at 24 7 hustler that's at 247 hustler on twitter we're at 247 hustlers on facebook we're at hustle over everything That's for our free options when it comes to social and the podcast. On our website, we have a bomb, bomb newsletter called the 24-7 Hustle, which covers news and business and music and culture off the entrepreneurship lens. When you go to our website, hustleovereverything.co, not .com, .co, you'll see the box to fill in your email. Put your email in there, put a ring on it, and subscribe. Now, for, for paid options to support the podcast, one is our merch. We have merch on our website from hats to bags to um, cups and mugs. Make sure you purchase to support the podcast. And donations um, is the other option that we have. Our Proud to Pay program is linked in the description below. We appreciate any support. Now let's get back into the show. Um, man, firstly, thank you for being on the show. 
thank you for having me and not having to have me come all the way downtown in like the middle of things. Oh my goodness, yeah. right? It would, traveling downtown now would be stressful. And we were not on a place to record yet. I don't know where like there's an open room to record. Yeah, we gotta like go through that whole logistics thing. We used to work out. We used to have a plan of working out of WeSpace. Um, oh, we we work, work, sorry. Right? We yeah. work, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I used to love WeWork. I actually had a couple offices in WeWork before. Get out of here. I was looking at that, actually, um, when you had your, your video. You shot that in the WeWork, too, didn't you? Yeah, which video? There's been so many. Okay, so there's, there, I saw two that stuck out to me. One was, like, a 30-second trailer, and the other one was, like, a Kickstarter video. Yeah, the Kickstarter, um, both of those we filmed at... Um, the La Brea location in West Hollywood, which is like the best place to record videos. Like I love that office and those people were so wow. cool. Like they even threw a party for me at the end of the Kickstarter, like it was great. Wow. Um, and there's like a nice back patio and all that sort of stuff and like multiple levels, like it's proper. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like one of the best places that I've been in to shoot. So you used to live in LA? Yeah, so that's where I moved to, wait, hang on, moved, here from there we go was uh from california so so oh, so you're american no i'm canadian so i'm actually ah. calgarian and um left there because obviously <laughs> and then i went to uh to la for, <laughs> for you don't life. even gotta explain yourself like i already yeah, know what that means that. Yeah. yeah and then i was in california for like about like four and a half years and then the universe was like time to come to back to Canada so I came to Toronto and it's been uh it's been a wild ride ever since sounds good sounds good so like I mean let's let's get into it you know um let's get into the show so I mean of course we have you here to talk about your business and you know what you've created um you know please note starting that your consulting business Uh, so we really we really want to talk about that and what inspired you to get that business off the ground so talk about your main hustle, your, your please notes business, you know, how did you start that? And, uh, you know, what really kicked off to make you want to enter that space and go through that journey of building a business? Great question. So I really feel like it chose me. It wasn't the other way around. It was not like, I want to be an entrepreneur. Like, no, um, during like my whole professional career, my big mm-hmm. thing was I was always a really great general or like second in command. And so, um, I'm really good at rallying for a cause. If I work for you, you know, I'm 150%. Like I take that home, all this other stuff. And then um, at one point, and it was actually when I was living in Long Beach, I was like, I'm really done with this. Like, I know if I just got another job somewhere else, I would still feel the same level of like discontent feeling like I'm not really supporting anyone that like the stuff that I do isn't really mattering. And um, I mean, to top it off, like the company that I was working for wasn't successful. And, you know, there was difficult with even getting paid on time. So it's just like, what am I really doing this for? Other than guilt. Um, like, because, what's your purpose behind it? Yeah, right. Like the person that owned it was a friend, but, you know, like there was a whole bunch of emotional like trauma with that. So it was just like, why am I doing this? Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had quit my job and then that was really tricky because that's how I had my work visa. So then I had to like leave, come back. And then I was really like, okay, what is it that I actually love? What is it that I actually care about that I could dedicate myself for doing like three or four years? And, um, at that time I noticed like where I was as a person wasn't where I could really support a new idea. 
like my self-confidence was like not good. My self, my sense of self-identity was completely gone because I had been so wrapped up in really supporting everyone else. So I had taken the time to just really delve back into my personal growth practice, but not for anybody else, but me. Normally it was like, oh, I want to be um, better at work or, oh, I want to make more money or, oh, I want to be a better daughter. It's like, no, like, what is it that I want? And in working with affirmations, journaling, and really getting back to all that sort of magic, um, it really came up that the thing that I've always loved was personal development. Like, I remember going through my first workshop and then at the end of it, seeing the world with brand new eyes, like everything was a little bit brighter. And then understanding that my life can consistently look that way. It's, it's, it's something I carry with me every single day. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I love about personal growth. It's like, not like you're learning algebra that you maybe use like twice in your life. It's something that you can use consistently in all areas of your life. And the, when you use it and it's done effectively, you also support the people that you love that aren't really actually doing it. So it's like the gift that keeps on giving. Um, but I noticed, I'm like, how was it so easy for me to forget how amazing that I am, how capable I am, how smart I am, what it was that I really loved. And, um, so I actually wanted to surround myself with affirmations so I can continually see them. Right. Cause then it reinforces the magic. And then that's when I was like, Hey, I think this is my idea. So, um, I ended up making these gorgeous sticky notes that had a different affirmation on every single page. And um, then the company just kind of grew from there, you know, like I wanted to support people and also understanding that they can have a life that they really deeply enjoy that you just get to do fun stuff all the time and like Mm -hmm. go on an adventures and just like let good things happen to you. Yeah. You know, the thing about personal growth is um, once you really jump into it and you really learn to develop yourself, it's such an infectious energy that just takes over your whole body. I remember um, I think I went through a similar transition. Like, you know, I come from like a very like militant household. Like, you know, my parents immigrated here. They really believe education is everything. And they were really forcing me to go into like different careers that are not really meant for me. I was like, I'm not going to be a doctor. I'm not going to be like a lawyer. That's not really my thing. And, uh, you know, reading about you as well. Like, I know you've gone through like that whole personal development. You've met people like Bob Proctor, who's one of my biggest inspirations as well. And uh, reading like certain books that just uplifted you, uh, uplifted me and I'm sure as well for you. Um, what I'm curious is like to learn is like, what are some of those books, uh, what are some of those learning materials that really uh, helped you, you know, put things together that gave you that, you know, positive belief that uh, we talk about like positive affirmation because positive psychology is like a big thing right now. So what are some of those learning materials that you use to get you to, you know, where you are? Great question. So the biggest thing that I want to say, first of all, is like, look at the way that you learn. So Mm -hmm. the majority of people learn and retain the most knowledge when you learn through experiential work. And that was my first dipping into um, personal growth is I actually went to a three-day workshop um, through PSI seminars. They have some here in in Toronto and like various places all over the world. Um, But like really getting me into having those conversations with myself, like why am I feeling this way? Or just doing different exercises and learning more about me so that I could actually see where I am and like what I thought my life was like or the way I thought I talked to myself um, were completely two different things. 
Um, and then of course, adding onto that, then you can start using books because the thing is like people read books all the time. Like I cannot tell you how many people have gifted the secret to other people, but have they changed their lives? No, because they've read it, you put it down and then you're just all like, okay, well now what's next? There's not any sort of tangible changes or accountability attached to it. Mm-hmm. Um, However, if you are looking for a book after you've invested in yourself with that, with whether it's like an online workshop or something, um, I love Think and Grow Rich. Um, mm-hmm. Mine is actually signed by Bob and Linda Proctor. So wow. thank you like that, Thug Life. I just um, bought that book. Oh, Think and Grow Rich. Think and Grow Rich. Yeah, literally the band the point here, right? I literally just bought it. It's so yeah, it's really, it's really. Cover. It's yeah, just. That was like one of the first books I ever read that just gave me like. I don't know what it is. I've recommended it a hundred times. I've read the book a hundred times. I still read it today. I bought it for my dad actually a week ago, you know, cause like, you know, it's down times right now. He needs some inspirations. Like, yo pops, like check out this book. And he's been glued to it like for the past week. So yeah, that's like a major book. Yeah. I love thinking grow rich. Um, and I think that the reason it resonates with so many people is because they're most people are thinking immediately money money solves a lot of my problems and thinking grow rich it's like okay boom and then it opens you up to all the other practices um one of my other most amazing favorites is actually the universe has your back by gabrielle bernstein because it really talks about how supported we are all the time and for me like moving through the world and understanding that like i'm okay that things are working out that like everything is falling into place allows me to do more of the things that i want to do because i know that it's going to work out um and i first experienced that book when i was going through like a really traumatic like <laughs> like really traumatic time in my life um I, I will say like i will make a really great lifetime movie at the end of this um but uh mm. but that that particular book like really reminded me of like who i was and what i was doing and that like i am okay that allowed me to move through that period with like a relative amount of grace and ease so most definitely. Um, uh, with all that personal development, uh, did you end up going to therapy? You know what? I didn't go to therapy, and that's a very mm. interesting question. And um, I think with therapy, and at least in my experience, like I don't knock it. Some people need different modalities mm. to move through things. But I think for me, I feel like therapy is very much like let's go to the past, let's dig this up, let's move through this. Um, but it's not really so much invested in like, okay, yeah, here's the tools for you so that you can feel good within yourself to move through. Um, So like, really, like you have to keep going back because like now this person is your person to help you move through things instead of being like, wait, let me recognize this feeling. How am I feeling right now? What does this actually mean? Um, Do I like this? Do I not like this? What is it that I actually want? Like that critical thinking skills to like, build like break those things apart so that you can feel good within yourself and not really have to have an external person to like get you to a different place you know got you because then that could build like a dependency exactly you know on that person i actually started seeing that um was that i started becoming like when i started i've been going to therapy for about like a year now and I've noticed that I'm like, oh, I can't wait to go to therapy. Let me write down these notes. Let me get my shit together. You're addicted so, to the therapy, man. Yeah, so I are coming like a dependency. And I'm like, hold on. But I'm like, how am I doing this on my own? You know what I'm saying? Like, as an adult, you can't be dependent on nobody, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you can, but you, you can't. You get If you get what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, it's like you, it you need some self-reliance a little bit. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. you're on self-reliance, you know? So you really have to go to therapy um, in a 
way or whatever like modality I think it was or um, to help yourself by being th- by having that critical thinking of all right how am I gonna make this work for me you know mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. what practices am I actually going to um, start developing so I can start uh, crafting myself to be the better person exactly you know? dealing with my emotions the shit I've been through um, and moving like forward without letting that hold me back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because I feel like I love the fact that you are like clearly a black man that's like I go to therapy because I know for myself like in my family like this is feelings we don't do feelings you know what I mean oh, like sure. we don't do all that and then especially for a black men it's just all like oh what is that white people shit and it's just all like yeah. no sometimes you just need to be heard and I think that especially for them it's like there's all these different societal pressures and just like that's when things bubble up. That's when things fester and you don't move through it. Now, if you're going through to your therapist, excited to talk about things, and that's great because then you're practicing really great skills that make you even better in like relationships and at work and et cetera, et cetera. But I think as long as your therapist is one that is, is really good at flipping it back at you and like, you know, they don't want you to, to be a client for life. Like, um, one of my roommates, uh, she actually was going to therapy and then she was like, I I think I'm done with this therapist. I'm like, Oh, well, why? And she's just like, Oh, well, um, they don't really answer anything for me. They just keep asking me questions. Like, why do I feel this way? And And it's just like, well, that's kind of what they're supposed to do. They're not supposed to solve it for you. They're supposed Mm -hmm. to make sure that you, know what to do so that you feel good within yourself start trusting your own intuition and it and your gut and then act from there mm. and it's just like oh i guess so <laughs> so <laughs> different strokes different folks yeah i actually just got my dad uh into therapy as well too mm. and it was such a tough conversation to have with him just because he's had such a tumultuous year mm. uh you know like with covid he went through surgery and uh, that was like a big, so he has to like use like a cushion to sit down. So he has to carry this thing everywhere he goes. So for him to do that, and of course, like everything with his job and his career, it's been like an up and down. Uh, and he's like straight from Kenya, you know, like we don't know what therapy is. Mm. So me telling him like, yo, pops, I think you need therapies. It's like, he thinks I'm looking at him as if like he's crazy or whatever. I'm like, yo, no, 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 it's not that. I, I just think you need to talk to someone. So me being here, we've gotten so much closer just because, you know, I came back, I came to my hometown from Toronto and, uh, you know, talking to him, like, yeah, I think, you know, perhaps getting another black therapist, uh, you know, who can relate to your issues is going to work for you. So his first session is actually tomorrow. So I'm Mm. curious to see how that's going to go just because I feel like he needs it. But I know what you mean, that conversation to get into that. Okay. I need therapy just to say that, to say, Oh, if you think I need therapy, like perhaps you should get me into it. It's like, no, no, no. You need to acknowledge it first and then you do it. So uh, that was like a big, that was like a first win. So the second win is going to come from him actually uh, going to the session tomorrow. I mean, on Zoom with the therapist and, you know, working to, you know, clean up the cobwebs that are in his life and in his thinking and see yeah. where he can come up from. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Man, that's great man congratulations for that man. that's yeah, a big that's way. big props i'm still trying to get my mom to like do certain things she just yells at me so like the fact <laughs> that, like are you trying to tell me about that damn course again no mom i'm asking what you want for dinner like what is yeah this? yeah, yeah. So, good job thank you so getting into your biz um you know coming from everything talk about like ashley you know putting down your thoughts into a business plan and working to 
to where it is today. Like, what were those first steps looking like for you when you were starting out in the business? So, um, uh, hashtag slightly untraditional. Um, Mm -hmm. With bearing in mind that I did go to school for for business. So, like, it was kind of like a really nice mix. Before I got the idea for Please Notes, I I had to ask myself, what did I want from life? Like, I had no idea what, like, did I want to start a business? Do I want to work for someone? What does my day look like? Like really taking the time to craft that. Um, what do I want to feel? How do I want to help people, et cetera, et cetera. From that, I was able to build on like and create a checklist of like what I wanted. So it turns out I did want to have a business. And then I was like, I wanted something that I could run no matter where I am in the world, that I can run from my laptop. I want a product so that I can make money like 24 hours a day, like while I'm sleeping. Um, I want something that means something to me, like that I'm helping people that I care about. Um, and that's something that it, like was really exciting. And then there was like a couple more little things, but, um, when I finally got the idea for police notes, I was like, Jesus, because it matched everything. And it's like, ah, so, but if I hadn't done that list then it would have been like, oh yeah, okay, maybe this is a good thing. But until I got really clear on what I wanted, it couldn't come to me. Then it was super easy from there. Cause I was like very clear about what it was. It was like exciting. I'm like, yeah, let's do this. Like working like 14 hour days. I was like, this is so great as I'm doing all of the research. So, you know, like I knew first, like, let's take a look at what's what else is out there so i did like a competitive analysis looking at people's usps um their um, unique selling properties and then like their price points what are their shipping costs where do they ship to why what is their niche what works and what's not working and then going into creating like a proper business plan around like what do i want my product to look like the price point where do i want to ship it making sure that it had like proper manufacturers and multiple manufacturers because anything that i do i'm very clear that it's going to be a big thing, right? So mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense for me to look for something that only has the capacity to, you know, like sell, sell 10,000 units a year. No, I need to be able to like work with different manufacturers and be able to sell hundreds of thousands of units every single year, right? Um, stuff like that, like properties of scale, making sure I've got like shipping costs included, like who is my target market? What is my demographic? What is, what is it the thing that they want that my product is providing? And like crafting that messaging, making sure I had social media set up, making sure that like I was really clear on like the brand vision. And so that when things started to separate from that, I was able to be like, wait a second, this isn't what I want. And then tighten it up and then move forward again. And I think like some people are like, oh, fuck a business plan. I hope I'm really allowed to swear here because like. Yeah, keep it raw and authentic. I was like, I was all like, there's a couple of times where I'm like, "Mm," but now, okay. Um, But there's like some people that are like, no, you you don't need a business plan. But I think. The business plan, the process of creating your own business plan just helps you anchor yourself in what it is that you want so that when you're not doing that, when you're like operating from a space of scarcity, if you're operating from fear, then you're not going to make the same decisions as successful business owners do. So when you're in your power, when you're feeling good about that, if it's, if it's different from that, then you know you're on the right track. Uh, you're off of the right track. You need to take a step back and then like figure this out. Like, let it sit and then come back to it again, right? Only make decisions that feel really good and exciting. But that was my whole process and like domain names and everybody like please notes was available. I'm like, yeah, let me snatch this bitch up from everywhere. So I got mm-hmm. it. It was great. All right. So you go to the market now. Um, what yeah. was like the first few months like? Like were you actually selling or is this like uh, the first 
few people that your family members are buying it and then you have to like all right now i gotta go market hard like what was those um that launch process like did you get any press uh talk to us about that yeah so the launch process was hilarious because um this was my first business and it's a product-based business so once i got everything together i ordered like I think I had to get like 500 sets of sticky notes or something like that. And I was like, yes. And I let everybody know, like, this is here and they're $5 per pad and like pick up the things. And they're so cool because of this, this, and this. And like, of course I had shared the process with people beforehand. Um, and then, so like when I had them, I'm like, Hey, guess what's here? Da, da, da. I've got them with me right here. What kind of card do you have? How can I swipe it? Um, but then I quickly realized probably after, I want to say like three months. I'm like, I'm not here to sell sticky notes or stationery. Like I was even at one point and, you know, continually do it where I was like, yeah, I can make, I can make custom ones for different companies with like your logos and stuff on them. And then it was just all like, this isn't as juicy as it was before. Like, I don't really like this. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not here to slang sticky notes. And so it was like, okay, well, what can I make that's in alignment with the notes that still serves that same process? And then that was like, let's start building out the brand. Um, especially since the first product I had bought everything and then therefore I had overhead. So I had to sell all the stuff. I wanted to do it a little bit different. What was the overhead? Sorry to cut you off. Yeah. Yeah. So like just, um, just buying all of the stuff. And then at that time, like, um, I had, uh, a pretty big place. And so we were able to store everything in the garage while after that, then I ended up having to get like an office and like put the stuff in storage, et cetera, et cetera. So at that point in time, the investment was essentially just like the design work that I paid for websites, et cetera, et cetera. And then like the actual product itself, but it wasn't really moving unless I was moving it. Right. So, um, with the Kickstarter campaign, which is how I launched the second item, the journal, that was really juicy because that was my first time going through an experience like that, creating something that's just so, and anybody that knows me, I'm a little bit extra. <laughs> so I'm all like details, details. I'm going to like slide in little things that y'all don't even know about. You're being blessed in here. Like there's some stuff, like there's text that you can't read in certain places. That's like, mm -hmm. really it's like a 0.2% font or something like that, mm -hmm. where it's like teeny, 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 tiny. And it's just like a little blessing or, there's sacred geometry worked into it and like just mm -hmm. picking out each affirmation, each inspirational quote from someone that I was like, they started from the same place as so many people and look at what they've created. So like, let this be your example. So like, I've got J. Cole in there, Terry Fox in there, Michelle Obama, Serena Williams, like DJ Khaled, like Ash Ketchum, like it's a mix of different really awesome quotes that are in there. Um, and then just sharing the process of like, Hey, this is what I'm building and I'm really excited about it. Um, be excited with me, or I'd love your feedback on this and just involving more people in the process. And then that way, when I knew my timeline for my Kickstarter, I was able to say, Hey, this is what I'm doing. Um, how many can I put you down for? And then that way, when it starts, I'll let you know, and you can buy it right away. And that technique worked really well. I mean, that first Kickstarter campaign, the goal was 10,000 US. I ended up raising 15. Um, and then ended up shipping stuff from Canada, US, Laos, UK, the Caribbean, like all over. Um, mm -hmm. And it was just amazing. A lot of people like entrepreneurs in creative space always want to learn, like launch a great Kickstarter campaign. Uh, there's a science to actually succeeding on Kickstarter. It's just not putting your campaign out there. Uh, what are like the core principles that you learned that 
made your Kickstarter a success that you can help other people to uh, perhaps when they think about launching a Kickstarter, uh, they should implement these things. Yeah. So first things first, I do do uh, strategy work. So if you want more help, like come Mm -hmm. to me, we can work one-on-one depending on like what uh, your actual thing is, your product is. Um, I think one, being able to really communicate why you need people's help and what your product is. Um, I actually, after I released my product, a friend of a friend had made these phone cases made out of some really fancy leather from Africa. And I'm just like, cool, but like, why would I buy this? And he was very, he was legit unable to, to say, like, it just looked like a basic phone case with like this different leather on the back. It wasn't even, I'm sorry. It wasn't there's even no, nice. There's no story behind it. <laughs> there's no story. It's, like, it's yeah. like, is it supposed to be super smooth? Like, will it get me girls? Like, what are you telling these people? Who are you selling it to? Mm. And then as a result, like his campaign did not go very, did not go very well. And then he ended up having, I guess, apparently his dad bailed him out and put a whole bunch of money into his Kickstarter campaign. So whatever. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's definitely tricky, Sorry, but um, so making sure you're able to communicate who your um, your USP and why you're why you're different and why this is why you need people's help. Um, I think a lot of people, especially with GoFundMe and Kickstarter, people don't understand what a Kickstarter is. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people are just like, oh, so you want me to just give you $20? I'm like, no, I want you to buy something from me at a really reduced rate so that you can get something really juicy that's exclusive and you're supporting your friend. That makes sense. If there's a value exchange that works for me, GoFundMes and stuff like that don't really work for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also, um, yeah, making sure you've got your community involved and like talking to people, asking for support, um and just like reaching out to people and then also just making sure you've got some organization about it so tim ferris um the guy that wrote the four hour work week amazing amazing um i, I don't it. know if you've Any heard time. of yeah have you heard of soma no what's no, no what's no what's it's that? fine it's fine it's just like this really fancy water filter thing um it looks really cool it's got like coconut shell filter whatever it doesn't anyway yeah right but they launched this item on kickstarter and they i think they exceeded their goals within like 12 hours or something like that but they mm. also had um they they actually have templates for the email sequences that they sent out pr mm. things that they had sent out talking to um media lists and making sure you had like a list of influencers and a list of people that you know you could reach out to and then everything is timed and you just to make sure you can automate as many things as you can and i would definitely recommend that because like if you have people on your email list you're reminding them hey this is what it is this is when this is done this is why we need your money hey 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 and then like you're on there like the last 12 hours you're like hey this is still there oh shit yeah i didn't hear about that until now like let me get like just keep talking to people but when you automate it, when you time it, when you organize it properly, it makes it really, really easy for people to just buy into your stuff. Yeah. Kickstarters are like a monster. You know, it takes like at least six months in advance to really, you know, pull off a great Kickstarter. I know a couple of buddies of mine, they, uh, they launched a super cool Kickstarter. But the thing is that the fulfillment of it, because they're selling their products at such an underpriced um uh, they're selling it under price and to fulfill those 
orders, you know, it's such an expensive item that they delayed their delivery to getting it to their customers who supported them. Uh, a lot of people were angry. Uh, so this is like the dark side of Kickstarter that people don't really know about. And I found out like the hardware, just like, you know, I thought about doing a Kickstarter like about four or five years ago. Then I saw them do it. I was like, you know what? That's a great learning point as well is you really have to know your unit economics and you really have to have your production on point before doing anything. Okay, if we get 10,000 orders, okay, this is how much capacity, how much extra cash we'll need if we do not meet, uh, meet that. So those are some cool things I learned about watching other people succeed and the, the pitfalls that can happen if you succeed uh, at a rate that you were not really expecting to succeed at. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy because it's like, you need to figure this out before you let people continue to buy it. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. you could, it's tricky because you can't shut it down. Um, but Ooh. no, if I'm not mistaken, you can't just cap how much, if people want to buy it, people want to buy it. But I think that that's the, the dream. And you want to make sure that if you do have that, that you have, um, like using a fulfillment company that you make sure that like whatever it is, like the four or $5, it's going to cost you per package to ship. You've already got that handled. Like my first Kickstarter, I totally forgot about fulfillment. I, I, I counted how much I'm like, yeah, no, this is how much it's going to cost me for shipping for all these places. But I forgot. I'm like, Oh shit, I'm going to have to do this in my garage. So, or, so there's like literally like my living room was full of packages for about like four days as I packed all these packages. Um, yeah. My roommate's dog really hated me for a long time. Um, but like, these are the things that you have to think about. Like what if you succeed? Well, as you have these stretch goals or have you, as you have these additional goals, like, are you actually able to do that? Or even just like some people will add different things. Like one of the things I love doing is when I hit like 15,000, then I can do two different colorways, right? So I'm like, oh yeah, guys, come on, let's hit the two colorways. And so it's a really great encouragement because some people are like, yeah, I want a different color, but it's the same cost for me because it's this, the internal part is the same, right? So I'm not charging, I'm not having to pay anything different. Same thing, like if you're offering like different things you're adding in, you want to make sure that it's super cheap on shipping. So like making sure you're adding in stuff like stickers or um, a digital download or something like that to offset that. Because like, especially when you start doing all these shipments, especially to like the UK and stuff like that, it's wild. And then they have to pay like VAT and like customs fees and stuff like that too. You want to make sure that it's easy for you and for your people. Most definitely. Uh, isn't, I find it usually a challenge to balance shipping to Canada, America, and the U.S. How do you deal with that um, and those economics with the business? Well, at that time, lucky me, I was living in America and shipping in America is cheap. Uh, shipping to Canada, not so much, but it's still cheaper shipping things from America to Canada than it is the other way around, right? Mm -hmm. So okay. at that time I had done like, like checked it out and said, like figured out like, okay, if somebody buys this unit, this is how much I have to charge for shipping, right? Yeah. So at least mm -hmm. that way, and I wasn't eating up that too much of that shipping cost. Mm, most definitely. All right, one thing that really stood, stood out to me when I was going through your, your website and it's your story is the amount of press you've been able to get. Was that yeah. from the Kickstarter or was that um, like on a separate note? And like, what was the process of one? It looked like it was strategic on, um, on your end. Correct me if I'm mm -hmm. wrong. Yeah, so that, I think I was, uh, I had released, I had all of my products out except for like the last year I've released like a couple new ones. Mm. Um, but I was just ready. I was like, I'm, I'm 
me being one of Oprah's favorite things is on my vision board. Um, and I felt like I'm ready for like a big sale, like some big stuff to move through. And so I started working with a, a PR agent out of LA, Ashley Crouch, Appleseed Communications. She is the bomb.com. And um, I loved it because she had actually released her own journal, but had done so through PR while I did mine through Kickstarter. So mm. she knew who I needed to talk to, the connections, um, who would listen to my stories and who was interested in and was really able to pitch me and my product. Um, but I think at, as a result of that, it really came through that it wasn't so much about the product because I kept really trying to be like, no, don't worry about me. Like, I'm just a person, I do cool things, but it's about the product. Um, but what people really wanted to know and how what people really resonated with was me and my story and how I created all of these things. So that kind of really supported me in stepping into building more of like a speaking brand, more building more of like my own personal brand. And then as a result of that, like both sides of the business has grown. So your brand, um, it's rooted a lot in positivity and uh you know affirmations is one of like the things that you do can you talk about like the the, the psychology that affirmations uh have on you and how they can be how they can change your life for the better or for the worse certainly so um if you want to double check it i have my guided clarity journal and it actually breaks down affirmations the root of them why how they work and why they're important um but there's been multiple studies about this some of them are like the water studies or you'll see them where you know kids will have one plant named like bad and one named good and then they'll always say like good things in one plant and like negative things to the other plant or like you'll have jars of rice and like great things here and horrible things here. And you'll see like tangibly the way that these two substances are reacting to being told positive things and being told negative things. Deplorous. That's the same way we are, right? So, um, and I know for myself, especially before I started this company, I worked for two entrepreneurs and really seeing how their self-esteem, their clarity, how they felt about themselves reflected in their work. So if you're an entrepreneur, you don't have somebody that's in HR that's like, yeah, you're doing a good job. Or like a manager being like, here, we're going to give you a raise. You know, good job. And you're like, yeah, good job. You're out here <laughs> by yourself. Like, oh my God, did I just fuck this up? Right. So Damn. I think just like when you're starting with that business plan or starting in that point when you're visioning like what you actually want your life to look like, just believing that you can have the things you want is so huge because unless you believe it, then you can't have it. And it's sad to say, but it's absolute truth. Um, and then like, that's why so many people like they'll win the lotto and then like 30 seconds later, they're like really broke and like living the MC hammer life because you didn't change the way that you believe. You didn't like big, like change it so much that you can hold the things that you want in it. Right. So um, the great thing about affirmations is you want them to be at least 50% believable because if they're not believable, then your, your brain just like, totally kicks it out. It doesn't absorb it. It doesn't like believe it. And usually it actually works in your opposition. Like if you're saying, look, I'm a millionaire and you're just like, no bitch, like Rogers just called you. Like, you're not gonna, you're not gonna <laughs> feel better. You're not gonna attract the money you want, but if you're like, I'm gonna you know, manifest it. Yeah. Right. You're right. But if you're just like, oh, you know what? My wealth is growing. Like things are falling into place. Like I'm receiving more and more money on a consistent basis. Then you'll notice things like you'll find a dollar and be like, thank you. Or like, you know, like somebody will buy stuff from you or like, you'll just get a surprise email where someone wants to like just, 
use you for a product or whatever, right? But the more you believe it, the more that it comes true. And then the more that you like manifest the things that you want. Um, and of course, it depends on what you want. Like some people really want to have like a really juicy relationship with somebody that's like delicious and nutritious. Some people really want to have like a really good work situation where they're getting the money that they have. They feel really good. They have proper boundaries. They're on vacation a proper amount of times where they feel like they're actually creating real change. I mean, some people just want to have a better connection within like their family or like to their God or religious wise. Like there's so many different things. And by us training our brains, our subconscious to have the things that we want, then again, we can have what we want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've been reading all these books and even in Think and Grow Rich, uh, there's so many, like the self-confidence formula that was like really uh, transformational for me. Like I said, it so many times, it's like the way I see having belief in yourself. It's imagine you tell yourself a lie and a lie over and over again, that reaches a point where you actually believe the lie. It's like, yeah, like I did this, I did that. And you say it to yourself so many times, it's like, oh yeah, like I am that person. And uh, I, I did do those things, but you actually look back and say, no, I didn't. Did I really, you actually start questioning your own mind. And, um, it's an interesting thing. You actually brought up like the two, uh, the rice with the positive energy and the negative energy. Um, and also reading a book more about Napoleon Hill and the positive mental attitude with, uh, W Clement Stone. It's like our brains are like a garden, right? If you put positive thoughts in it, uh, and you focus your energy like from your core into those thoughts you actually start seeing them materializing in everyday life and if you actually the opposite if you don't put any positive thoughts or if you're thinking negatively or you're not thinking at all it's crazy how bad things start happening it's kind of like if you don't plant anything weeds start growing on a garden yeah. so if you don't actually plant positive things in your mind that are productive and they actually push you forward it's you find yourself being attracted to things that are they're you know they destroy your well-being it's like you're attracted to things that you know cause disease and uh they don't bring you success they bring you misery and everything like that so uh it's like the mind is so it's crazy how the mind works and how having positive thinking uh attracts attracts things in your life like if you want a bmw and you say i want to get a bmw all of a sudden you start seeing a BMW everywhere you go because your mind only focuses on the things that you're focusing on and it brings you closer and it, it sends you certain things like this will get you closer to your dream. Let's say if I want to build a business, okay, Cheryl came into my life. She's going to give me the coaching. That's part of like the law of attraction and actually working for you. It's like getting you closer to actually making that dream country. It's just not going to happen in an instant like secret. It takes time, but I think your mind has to be focused on those ends for a long time until you make it happen. Well, it's, it's tricky because, um, and I love the secret. Um, however, it's the, especially the movie, it's very convoluted, uh, version of the law of attraction. And that's why mm-hmm. there's been so much pushback because people are all like, Oh, what I'm just supposed to think positive things and like what, take a nap. And it's just like, no, you're yeah. supposed to think positive things get really clear on what it is, steep yourself in it and like the feeling of it. And then you make, aligned actions you don't just be all like okay yeah i feel like yeah i really want a million dollars okay let me go buy a lotto ticket no because obviously you haven't changed your mind about the lotto otherwise you would have had the money already if you mm-hmm. feel like you're just like in a really great space if you're feeling joy if you're excited about life you feel really good and then all of a sudden you're just like oh yeah let me just go 
and uh, go down to the 7-Eleven and get something. And then you're there and you're like, yeah, let me get some chips. Like, boo, boo, boo. And you're like, mm, a lotto ticket. Sure, why not? Like the guy ahead of me is getting one. Who cares? Da, da, da. It's a fun thing. You get it? That's how people win. Like you don't win because you expect it or because you need it or there's this cloying like resistance against it. Like you win because it's like you're allowing it in. And um, there's actually this really great book that I wa- uh, read and I don't remember the name of it. It's so good, but it's literally about this woman that all she did was win the lotto all the time. And she never played like the regular like lotto max and stuff like that. She lived in the States, but she would always like back in the day, there used to be a lot of these like write-in contests and she's won houses, she won cars, she's won trips, she's won clothes. And not only her, but she's also taught her family how to do it. And it's really about stepping to the space of expectation. If you expect to win things, if you expect to get good things to happen to you, and you have absolutely no doubt, like there's no resistance, then you get them. But that's something you have to practice, allowing good things to happen to you, and then they do. So I agree. Life. Yeah, I agree. Switching gears, man, because um, one thing I really want to touch on is the, the resource page that you created. You know, um, in our recent podcast, uh, being Black in America, we uh, mentioned it and had it in the link in the description, uh, just as a resource for people to use, you know. And firstly, thank you. You know, I can tell you're working your you're ass a blessing. Off on it. Yes. Um, yeah, it was definitely a blessing. Uh, we've put it in a lot of people's hands. So yeah, once again, thank you. You know, can you like walk us through uh, what made you want to get into it? Let's, let's start there. Yeah, for sure. So uh, whenever there's difficult times, the way that I move through them is by action. Mm-hmm. And like, same thing, like when my dad died, the first thing I was like, okay, well, I have to call the hotel and like cancel this, or I have to like, you know, talk to work and tell them like that I need time off. And then I have to call my mom and da-da-da. like, that's just how I move through things. So I just don't break down. Mm-hmm. So it was, so George Floyd died on the 26th. And then the 27th, I had like my first meeting of the day. And of course, you know, as black people, we see all this stuff all the time, continually over and over. And of course, I was very clear about not watching the video because I'm like, this is not like, I'm not going to do that. And, um, but this one was different. Like, mm-hmm. I couldn't just go to this meeting and be like, me, I was like, really going through something traumatic. And I ended up crying in that meeting. The girl was really nice. I'm really happy about that. She was like, no, it's okay. I'm all like, but <laughs> okay, um, no, 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 you can't, don't skip over this. I don't know. Right? It's, break it down. What, what exactly happened? So is this in-person meeting? No, it was, of course, Scott, it's Roman time. So it's Zoom, okay, okay, Zoom yeah, but like, yeah. it was just like a random, just networking meet, meeting. And the woman was really, really okay. sweet. And she asked me how I was. And I was all like, honestly, I'm having a really difficult time. And she thought I was talking about like, being an entrepreneur during Rona season. I'm like, no, another man got killed yesterday by the police. And she's like, oh, I didn't know you were talking about that. Like, I'm so sorry. And she's, I'm like, yeah, no, there's nothing to be sorry about. But like all this like rage and upset and just sadness just bubbled over. I'm like, I don't know how to deal with this right now. And I can't be productive right now. So with that, like at the end of that meeting, and I think I had maybe one more at the end of the day with like um, this tech organization that I work with. And I was just like, I, I can't focus on doing this regular stuff. Like I can't focus on like my Instagram feed. Like I don't give a shit about any of this stuff. What I give a shit about is like, I have to do something. And you know, like, again, talking about aligned action, me being the person that I am, I'm like, how do I support other people the best? So we already know 
black people are tired of being asked questions about this shit. Like Google this shit, right? But what do you say if you just don't have the mental capacity or like you, you know, we're still used to like walking on eggshells around people. Like, what do we do? And it's just like, I just want people to be able to flip this link here. There's a whole bunch of stuff and then choose your own adventure. There's podcasts, there's terms, there's like videos you could watch. There's like, um, just like readings and, and articles and like depending on what way you like to learn, there's everything right there. And um, for me, like, I'm really grateful because I was like, I want it to be really big and exhaustive, just not like a resource list, but something easy to share. People can click, you know, maybe even make a book club and be all like, yeah, let's just go through some of these. What are my resources for kids? Like, how do I teach my kid about like other kids saying the N word? Like, ugh, I, I'm not here for that. I don't have to do that. I don't have no kids. Like how are we going to come to me for that? Can't help you exactly. there. So, yeah. But like, if I could create something where it's like, this is where you can start just learning, where you can donate, where you can, you know, start doing something. You could petition whatever form of action you feel you needed to do, then you could do. So I started to lay it out and then I have an amazing group of, of people and it was just like a music like WhatsApp group where we would like arrange going to different events. And then now we're all like revolutionaries in this group. Yeah. We're all having conversations about yeah. like, look what this person did and like, check out this position and like, Oh my God, like, blah, 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 and like just putting it all together and just being like, look at it. And here's the things. And then I also like got some, um, some of the interns from Wonder Woman tech were able to support with building it out as well. And just like, continually adding more things like I have people sending me stuff and all the time and just like putting it in as much as possible because I think there's a lot and it's not going to happen tomorrow it's not going to happen mm -hmm. like a week from now but you know being able to tell white people like there's a lot you need to learn and it's not like there's going to be a test next week but you need to like you need to learn this stuff gradually so it stays like it's not like a quick fix diet where you're mm -hmm. just not going to eat for a week and then now you're not going to be racist. No, you're going to have to like, bitch, this That's is a long-term ride. Like we go <laughs> in, you know what I mean? Like hop on and then just like, you know, take the time and empower it. And that's one of the things that I did in this live today is having this conversations with white people and doing it in a way where both people can be seen as people versus one white and one black like these are people like everybody's going through grief everybody's having to change the way that they see themselves and i don't know it's just so important to see and and support other people in a way that feels good to you in making the change that you want uh speaking about everything that's going on uh you've recently uh you spoke up spoke about the sasha exeter uh oh, incident that post was lit that just happened <laughs> so you know for our listeners like you know we're gonna give you a chance to talk about it you know what you saw what went through your mind and mm -hmm. executing that post that really like you know it it spread like across the social media stratosphere like crazy so talk to us about that like how was that like you know when you saw well, that real quick Before, if you haven't if you haven't uh known what, what happened go google it and come back Hey, yeah. Basically, um, well, like Cole's Notes version, Google, no, but for real, Google it. Like there's levels. Um, but Cole's Notes version, basically this white woman that is in a huge position of power connected politically um, in like to so many different things, uh, thought that one of her black influencer friends was calling her out and made it her thing. Like, oh, why are you attacking me? It's like, bitch, this post wasn't even about you. 
Um, mm -hmm. I'm calling on everybody that has a platform to say something. And then she actually went and like threatened her livelihood and like, you know, like went all these places and be like, don't work with her and like threaten a lawsuit and then got called out because we've got receipts. Like, it's not like you called this girl on the phone and said, I'm going to do this. You sent her messages, bro. So she was mm -hmm. dumb, first of all, but that's just so bold and how people are. They're just feeling like, oh, you know what? I can do this things. I can run this. I can treat people like garbage and that's okay. Anyway. So long story short, that blew right the fuck up in her face. She lost all of her jobs, all of her endorsements, like her husband's in hiding, like all these different things. Um, but I mean, like some people are like, this is distracting from the Black Lives Matter police brutality thing. However, I feel like there's so many different layers of racism. And for me, being a woman, experiencing and seeing this so many times, I was just absolutely sick of it and I was like I have to say something I have to say something because like I feel like there's nobody that's really breaking this down into why this is so problematic on so many levels it's not like she just bullied her she like threatened her and her family and her livelihood and trying to get her blackballed and like um if you've seen I think it's dirty money or like uh American Greed, something along the lines of that on Netflix. There's so many stories about how they do this to black and brown people where they'll speak up. Like there's this one story about this woman, I think it's um, Wells Fargo she was working for and she just noticed how like they were mistreating or they were charging people different prices um, or interest rates and then like really forcing people to open up all these bank accounts. Like, just doing things that they shouldn't have been doing. And she talked to her manager and her manager's all like, uh, yeah, okay, we'll take a look at that. Then she was fired and not allowed to be in any sort of financial services business forever. But the thing is, she loved her job. She loved what she was doing. She was taking care of her family. Like this was her American dream. And somebody just decided, you know what? You don't deserve this because you're talking too much. Like this is just ridiculous. And this is like something and people just don't understand it, especially white people don't understand it because they've never experienced that because they don't have to worry about that. Like mm -hmm. I actually put in the post, statistically white people, especially white women are more believable than evidence. Like a man can be all the way at the next side of the place. And then, you know, uh, some old white woman will be like, that man accosted me. And he's like, who the fuck is this bitch dead or in jail for like the yeah. rest of his life, right? Like. People just really don't understand the gravity of like fucking up people's lives with this. Like we see it all the time, especially with like football players that used to get accused of like raping or like attacking women. And then mm -hmm. after they're just like, oh, well, I'm sorry. Like I was looking for attention. It's just like, I was supposed to go to college. I was supposed yeah. to take care of my family. I've been working so hard for this dream and you just decided to take that away. And like, you see so many videos of like these parents just like laughing while while this person is finally like getting their justice and just like what is wrong with you like mm -hmm. you really don't even see me as a person and this is like I like I think I'm really lucky because I have amazing people that follow me like my following in the last two weeks have gone up over like I, I want to say like three to four thousand people and they're all really clear about taking care of one another being responsible and like helping people and if like if I can get these people that are clear about there's a problem it needs to change and I'm ready to learn to see how deep this issue is and how it affects black people in so many facets of their life then like that's that's my change that I could do because then like 
the, the way that they're opening up their eyes. Like, I just don't believe that people have not been able to see this for so long. But mm-hmm. here we are. Yeah. And the, and the crazy thing is when it happens, it's like your life, you can't even salvage it to get it back to where it was, right? There's so much damage that happens. It's like, can't go back into my career, whether it's in entertainment or sports, all my brand deals are gone. Like you start from scratch and you're like, okay, what the hell? And that was a lie. And people still like, still treat it as if it's true. So, I mean, it's just that accusation that kills, like it's like a ripple effect into your whole life. And even like it leaves it like an imprint for years. You know? Years. And for me, like it was so heartbreaking when she was doing a video the next day talking about how her parents were watching all the videos and or like and looking at all the comments and just they were so worried that she was gonna get backlash. Because normally as black people, when you speak up against racism, we are the ones that receive the backlash. Yeah. And people just like, well, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, it does. If you live in the world that we live in, yeah. you know this, right? And I think like oh, I, the fact that it was just so boldly done, there were so many receipts and yet there are still women flooding Sasha's page saying like, you're just jealous or like, why would you do that to her? There's so many people on like, what's her name's page who are like, oh, it's okay. We forgive you. And just like, bitch, who are you? You have no reason to forgive this person. Did she screw you over? Did she almost end your life and your livelihood? No. So why are you trying? Oh, we forgive. Jessica, you're the best. No, bitch. Like, like, plain as day. This is what happened. And you're still out here just like chilling. Anyway, that's my diatribe. I'm just, ugh, that was a wrong question. That was just the worst. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my 100%. <sighs> Heavy, you know, and it's it's been used like historically for so long. Like if you look back at like the Tulsa, Oklahoma bombing, you know, all the, it was literally a massacre based off one white woman. Mm-hmm. Insane. Emmett Till, one white woman. Insane. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just saying, in terms of scale, like like the people, a massacre of multiple people. Yeah. What? It's insane. Yeah. I was going to say as well, like there's like one interview, uh, Julie Black, you know, you guys know Julie Black, singer, course, songwriter. Yeah. She's so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I actually but, worked out with, um, with a, her on a couple projects. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout, out, shout out Julie Black. Julie Black. Black. Uh, yeah, she. I love her energy, man. But she did like that Jeannie Becker interview, like where she was like, talking. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then, and then Jeannie Becker's like, why are you attacking me? I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's like that. That like like that victimhood, like they always play like, you know, like they say something, then you come back, you're like, not she's the victim. You know, it's just oh. crazy how that happens, man. Mm-hmm. You, you know? know what I realized is that a lot of times um the delivery, even though what we're saying is a hundred percent credible, just mm-hmm. our delivery can make someone feel like they're attacked. And that's one thing Shasha did that was actually very credible and very uh it's like very commendable of her. She yeah. spoke in such a calm and level tone that made it so palatable to anybody who was listening, you know, that it was almost irrefutable, you know? And I realize a lot of times when we're trying to defend ourselves, the way we speak, which is which is so frustrating because um, we're just speaking passionately and then we mm-hmm. get looked at as attacking it just because of that passion. The aggressor. Mm-hmm. But if but, it's the other race, it's just like, it's like, oh, they're just talking with passion. They're not being aggressive. Yeah. yeah. And um, there was a study and it was talking about, oh, I don't, no, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was really down to like, 
based on your background, you have different nuances, right? So you're going to like a, a Chinese person that's speaking in English is going to communicate differently because like they have different inflections. Like they're just like, they'll, their volume, et cetera, et cetera. Same thing with black people. Like, you know, when we laugh, we laugh loud, like there might be some running involved, et cetera, et cetera. Like we just can like our um, culture allows us to communicate differently. Um, and when it comes to our fair skinned brothers and sisters that they because they never had to see through the, any other lens than their own they get like really wild like they get they don't understand it they get frustrated they get angry they feel like they're being attacked when it's just all like if you were a black person or if you knew black people or if you hung out with black people you'd be all like oh yeah okay cool that makes sense right mm -hmm. but like we have to like convey things in a certain way same thing when people are like running away with, from police or having a confrontation with police. It's just like, you have to understand people are running away because they know if they get in the back of that car, they're probably not coming out again, right? So like, even when we're having conversations being like, oh yeah, this is how it is. And if I'm loud, then they're like, you're escalating things. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm just saying, what's up? You know what I mean? But they take it a different way. Yeah. Um, let's talk about accents for white people. So one of them, of course, was the unlearn resources that's going to be linked in the description down below mm -hmm. you know i've actually i'm locking that to my clipboard oh you know wow saying? i hope locked you're it. using the bitly link because like yes i'm it. using the bitly yeah link. i saw you tweeted me i saw you tweeted me about oh, the well, uh, you. that was me yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I gotta i gotta change it to a bitly link cheryl so i got you so okay, you can keep tracking it and be like all right it's coming from twitter it's yeah. coming yeah, yeah. yeah well, we, we, the bitly link will be in the bio you know mm -hmm. Thing is, yo, heads up though, the Bitly is cool, but um, there's the one thing that you should know is that when you can add the plus sign to Bitly and like see the traffic on the on the actual page. So like, but thing is, you're not really doing, you're not really competing with anybody. But just if you're ever like consulting anybody, you know. So I didn't know that out. Yeah. If I, so take, if I click the. Bitly if you add a plus sign to the link on mm -hmm. the Bitly link, mm -hmm. then the entire link will open up the back and will open up, and you'll see the uh, data of that bitly link so at the end of the link like like the very first last letter you put a plus to it mm -hmm. oh okay interesting because i just logged into it now and it's telling me like there's like a gang of people from canada us and then the uk that use it but the majority mm -hmm. of canadians so like as of right now there's over almost five thousand people that have clicked on it Jeez. Yeah, thank God. Yeah, I uh, just clicked on it. Huh? Me, <laughs> but there's so many works. people that are sharing it without the bit.ly link that I'm just all like, come on, guys. But I mean, I get it. Yeah. You know what it is that they'll click it once, then the, uh, it needs copy and paste and keep it moving. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But um, all right, working towards wrapping up, um, what are some action items what people can use? Because a lot of times I feel like, especially now, I think especially on, on one of your lives as well, is that they're coming around there like, Walking on eggshells, you know. I don't know how to really address address things, you know. Um, one thing actually we talked about in a previous um podcast with um the C C O O um, or C E S I believe um mm -hmm. of hashtag paid um we'll drop that soon, is that uh he doesn't really know what action to take or how to approach it with somebody without uh, seeming insensitive, you know. And he's white. He's a yes. white male, yeah. White male. You know, one thing I said, and you know, maybe I don't, I don't have the tools either, is it's like, hey, asking someone, hey, how can I help? You know, keeping it very easy um, and not trying to uh, Tyler Perry their way in, you know. Um, 
Or you, you know how some people some people do like, hey, have you watched the latest Tyler Perry movie? I love it. Oh my god, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, no more of that, people. Please don't come to me talking about Blackish. Or, <laughs> black or, or, AF. Or black AF. Uh, don't don't come to me wa- come, talking about black AF, please, please. please don't. Anyways, um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> action items for our Caucasian white folks. Um, I think it's kind of like along the lines if you want to learn algebra, you go to school or you mm. look it up. So research do your own research don't ask your black friends for support with this they're dealing with enough right now they're dealing with like hardship and like sadness and guilt and worrying about being outside a lot of the time um so just research um secondarily if you do offer your services i feel like don't offer them from guilt offer them from authenticity so i've had a bunch of people slide my dms or like i love what you're doing um i'm a lawyer can i offer this to you and I'm like, yeah. Or like some people are like, oh, um, I do Pinterest marketing. Can I support you with this? And I'm like, yeah. Um, but like if you're coming from that place, like if you already do something and you're just able to support another person by doing what's in your zone of genius and that that works deliciously. Also, um, if you ever get a chance to watch Ernesto Ceroli, his TED Talk is amazing. But he um, was an aid worker out of Italy, and they used to come to places like the Amazon, all these different places, and be like, hey, this is what you guys need to be better in, like, not a third world country. And the people were like, "Mm, no, and they're like, don't worry, we know. And then they get flooded out, lose, like, thousands of dollars worth of, like, equipment, et cetera, et cetera. But it really comes down to the fact that in order to help somebody, you have to ask them what they need. It's like, you know, if you have... um, a homeless person and you're just all like they're asking you for money and you're like no but I have food instead or like no here's like a face mask it's just like well that's not what I want when you're saying like I'm not going to give you money because you're going to do bad things with it then you're taking away from that level of um um how do I say it it, it comes off as elitist like you're not actually mm-hmm. there to help people so if I if mm. um I was having a conversation with a friend about this because her company really wants to support a lot of these black businesses and um, I'm like, ask them what they need. Like even do a poll and like the top five things are what you guys are going to do. And then people can choose into what they want, whether it, it could be money. Um, it could be access to um, different circles of influence. I know for myself, like I feel really lucky because um, I had a decent amount of money to buy myself into different social circles that other black people were not in. I had the opportunity to go to different pitch events that other people were not there because I was in these different groups, right? Um, So just even offering like those sort of things. Some people need um, help with their website. Some people need help with marketing. Um, Some people just need help with like logistics and like money and like really SEO. So just ask what people want um, and then, you know, you'd be able to provide it for them if you're in that that space. Um, And then I think the most important thing is like to listen. Um, I've had some people slide into my DMs and tell me the way that I'm using Karen is wrong. And I'm just all like, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, Karen isn't rooted in racism. It's rooted in this. I'm like, okay, but this is how we use it. And this is how it has been used. And I'll like screenshot some articles, like email, like send like, like Instagram, like videos and all that sort of stuff. And she's like, yeah, I'm not going to look at all of that, but this is what it is. I'm like, why are you here? are you actually here to listen to me? Are we actually having a discourse? Are you like, what is this? Like, are you just, and then, so I had to gather her in a voice note and be like, listen, (laughs) 
you're trying to tell me what I'm saying is wrong, but I'm telling you that it's not. And then you're telling me that like, I'm unclear on things. So what, what are you actually trying to do here? Mm -hmm. And then I think she got it. She's like, fuck. Right. But unless people are, are able to listen, then it doesn't make sense. Like take, for example, the whole Kayla Gray situation. Did you guys hear about this? I saw her Twitter and there was some guy called Tim. Uh, Tim. Tim. Jesus. (laughs) <laughs> yeah but can you Shout tell the story yeah please. just to, yeah just so like i mean i know it but i can't really articulate it in a way that i know the full background and everything that i'm completely all right green. okay come in. come come closer come closer so We're moving close to the mic yeah. basically what had happened was this woman who works for tsn and i'm not too sure if she's like a broadcaster etc cetera, etc cetera, but she's in a, a position of public you know obscure like people see her mm-hmm. um and Somebody else at TSN, who is a white woman that's married to a black man, decided to write this Medium article or something about her experience of having her racist parents dealing with her uh, husband. And like in in this whole thing, she's like, oh, yeah, I'm coming and I'm, I'm understanding what it's like to be like having black kids and blah, blah, blah. I shouldn't have done that voice. Sound like an asshole, but whatever. I did it. So um <laughs> But the thing is, she used the words, the the N-word, spelled out fully twice in it. And so this woman, Kayla, who is Black, was like, hey, like, don't use the N-word. We don't do that. Like, at least, like, you don't, like, there was no need for it, right? And then apparently her husband was like, oh, well, like, I support her and her story and blah, blah, blah. But then this man named Tim, like, writes this open letter to TSN and her coworkers and all this about how she was being divisive and how she was like not listening to her and like so many people positively received this message but this Kayla person just decided that she was going to be blah 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 and it's like what is going on here you're telling me that this white woman's experience of racism against black people is more important than this black woman's experience of racism like you we can't be here talking about how we need to learn from one another how we need to change things how we need to update things when she's clearly trying to help you by telling you hey this isn't cool and you're just all like you're being divisive what is this bullshit so basically that's how that played out so tim went on this tirade it was like seven or eight different tweets then locked his tweets so nobody can reply back to him and everyone's just like what is wrong with you so that is that is the dilemma yeah i saw the support kayla got like everybody was rallying behind her and uh just like you know as everybody like i she's like a big raptors reporter and i followed the raps and everything so just seeing everybody from the industry back her that was like awesome to see and uh even camille dundas from buy blacks she wrote like a big post about it as well too that was cool to see uh, for the media supporters yeah, Camille. She's always on top of things, you know. So mm. big ups to her. Mm, but yeah. Geez. Yeah, mm. you know, this is something well, we just continue fighting every day, man. You know, I just I don't know when it's gonna end, but as much as I have faith that we'll get through this, I just don't know how that you can get someone else to change their way about things and actually want to help. You know, it's like one thing to actually say, Hey, I, I understand where you're coming from. It's easy to say we're supporting injustice and, you know, we're in solidarity, but, you know, make the changes in your boardrooms, in your workforces and actually do, do what you're saying and not just actually feel the pressure of saying I'm with your movement and just call not it do day. anything. Yeah. yeah, no, totally. I hear that. And I think the Thank most important thing for, for white people is to actually like 
just keep it's gonna be fucking messy you're gonna get some shit wrong some people are gonna yell at you it's fine but like this needs to be done for me I keep thinking about what do I actually want at the end of this I want somewhere where everybody is equal but everybody's differences are really like lauded and everybody enjoys them like they're like oh yeah you're from here like I love your food like is this not this whitewash like everybody's the same everybody like it's not a melting pot it's like I'm enjoying this I'm hot like I love this part of your culture I love the fact that you're queer I love the fact that you're bi I love this this and this about you and really giving everybody the opportunity to enjoy it right um and I think with that comes this work of unlearning that people that are in privileged positions did not know is 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 was happening like that needed to happen i love this defund the police like i had written a diatribe about like having police oversight committees and every country that had colonialism having to have like a certification and like an independent board to like handle all these things let's just defund the police because the police doesn't work they're not working like even their roots they're not working like you're, you're bringing them here to deal with issues that stem because people are not being taken care of. And then more people just keep not being taken care of and therefore you need more police. But why don't we actually make sure that people are getting the care that they need and then therefore there's less need for police. And at least like have properly trained police, like police that are actually able to see when people have a mental illness, how to deal with them or like how to take care of somebody that's like, there's so many people that are like deaf or whichever. And they're like, they can't hear you when you're yelling at them to like do something. But unless you're smart enough to notice that, then you're going to end up hurting someone that doesn't need to be hurt. You know, there's just so many levels to it. I think what we need to do is like make it harder to become a police. Like totally. I think I, I saw like that hours needed. It's like 800 hours to be like a police. You need to do that. It's it needs to be like a, like a lawyer needs to be like, okay, you do your schooling, you do, the postgraduate, you do this, then you have to pass this exam. Like, I think there needs to be a lot of hurdles to become a cop. And um, I think once that's there, you actually, I, I can't really say it's going to work, but I think you weed out the people who are just in it to- For the power. Do, for the power, right? And actually people want to serve. And I think if you set up a program that puts a lot of hurdles together, like becoming a lawyer, I mean, it takes like how long to become a lawyer? Like six, seven years, you know, mm-hmm. undergrad, law school masters or whatever i mean seven years i think you should do that for such a a career that protects people and can potentially kill people at the same time exactly i mean it just it kills me that um if you're a a tsa agent or like Mm -hmm. border patrol do you know how long those people have to go to school for yeah something like three or four years something like that and i was just like really but you make good money understandably but like the Mm -hmm. thing is like why do we have this level of, you know, training when it comes to that, but not to the people that are here, like serving people on a day-to-day basis? Like it doesn't make sense. Yeah. So, okay. I have a bit of an opinion on, on defund the police. I think it has probably <laughs> the top five worst marketing like phrase phrasing behind it. Because when yeah. people see the word defund, they think of getting completely rid of. Abolish, yeah. Abolish, take out the police completely. Even Donald Trump is leveraging that that uh, miscommunication to say, no, people are crazy. They just uh, want to get rid of the police altogether. No, that's not what we're saying. We're saying that the police is overfunded and needs to be uh, taxed. There needs to be an audit of all the money. You know how much money the NYPD has as a budget? 
Mm. No. $10.9 billion. Wow. Billion. Not the surprised. You know what I'm saying? That's what we're we're talking about. That, uh, not as me, but that's what a lot of the. Yeah. I'm gonna work that. Let me, let me take a second. All right. That's, <laughs> what, <laughs> that's what we're talking about. Like it's overfunded and it's not solving the problem. Exactly. Exactly. So it's diverting some of those dollars to actual things that can make an impact, so the police won't be needed. Just like you said, um, and that communication is not being deployed. You know, mm-hmm. so people are just getting defund the police. What the hell are these liberals talking about? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's the message that they're getting. And it's a strong miscommunication that politicians are leveraging to go the exact opposite way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's yeah. really unfortunate. It's really unfortunate. It needs to be like a rephrasing of it, like specialize the police, I think was mentioned on Andrew Schultz's show, The Flagrancy. Um, maybe audit the police or like special. Oh, no, yes, I specialize. Um, yeah, maybe police control or pivot the funds, you know what I'm saying? Like, there yeah. needs to be a, a rephrasing yeah. of like the terms. Like, properly fund the po- police versus defund. Yeah. Something along those lines, yeah. Yeah, properly fund the popo. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> something with a ring to it. I feel so, you, bro. So, so we yeah. can really communicate what's, what's really going on and real change that can happen, actual actionable insights. Yeah, I feel like it's the same way First, like, that people feel about white privilege. Yeah. Now, I understand white privilege and the invisible backpack, as I'm, I'll also say, but mm-hmm. when a white person whose first response is to be super defensive, they're like, I'm not privileged. Like, I had to struggle for things. And, you know, like, my mom was poor. My dad beat us. It's like, yo, we're not saying that bad shit didn't happen to you. It's saying that you actually have a different level of life because you don't have, like, black skin. You're not being held back because of the color of your skin. So that's, I think that is one of the trickiest one. All Lives Matter versus um, Black Lives Matter. Like you're a, you're an asshole if you think like all, like you're like feel good about, all. there's been so many videos, so many diagrams. Like how, I can't tell you how many times I've seen that little ad, like the little um, cartoon with the houses burning. It's just like, if they don't, that it's like, if you don't know it now, then it's just like, you're playing with your own emotions. Like you really just don't care. Um, yeah. But like, white privilege is something that I would love to play around with and change the verbiage we use around that. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's the communicating better. You know, so, yeah. But anyways, working towards wrapping up here. Anything else you want to cover? Anything else you want to speak to? You know, I mean, for me personally, I think I'm I'm loving this conversation and where it's going. Um, But I for me, how I could be supportive if there's any white people listening that are like, hey, Cheryl, here's some finances. I'd be like, what? Thank you, Tim. (laughs) (laughs) No, but what I'm looking for really in my business is to support people in, um, I guess, seeing more diverse, more people of diversity in spaces where we belong. Let's say, for example, um, a lot of these places that'll have workshops or like, especially these women empowerment events, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. They'll have like, maybe one black person, maybe one Asian person. And then there's very few black people there because they feel like they're not needed there. Like they're not wanted there. It's not a safe place for them. So having more black people on panels, having more black people on speaking events. um, And I'm amazing. Obviously you want me. Book me. She's not not a mean girl. 
No. She's not, a, she's not one of those uh, woman empowerment mean girls. No. You know what I'm, saying? I'm here. Not say that. Yes. I'm not going to appropriate nobody's culture. I'm here to give you straight facts. Um, so that and then um, and doing more workshops, that's been really fun. So doing a lot of corporate workshops. Um, and then, uh, of course, buy my products. I've got some really juicy workshops that are coming up, whether it's my journaling workshop, my gratitude workshop. Um, but like, it, like start your personal development journey with like the super cheapest way that you can, if that's an issue for you. And that's why I love my journals because you get so much juiciness. Like even if you're reading a book, you actually applying it and writing and journaling and getting clear on what you want and allowing it to happen to you, whether it's like a gratitude journal, a manifestation journal, a clarity journal, or a gratitude journal. Wait, did I say gratitude? The dream journal. Like whatever it is that you want to create, there's so many tools out there, especially tools that I've made that will support you in that. So um, get one for your friend, get one for a couple other people, buy some for your company. I mean, I do wholesale rates. Like let's go and like change the world together. Mm -hmm. Most definitely. (laughs) Sounds good. Yeah. So where can people find you? Oh, um, I was going to say a song and then I forgot the song. Oh, I'm so excited. Oh, and then like Hotel uh, from R. Kelly came up and I was like, no, that doesn't work. Anyway, oh, <laughs> yeah, I was like, you, oh, there it is. Think of the song now. It's yeah. Holiday Inn. Uh, yeah, you, you can, can find me at the Holiday Inn. No, people can find me on Instagram. So it's right. Um, it's Instagram. It's uh, please notes goods. It's all one word. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. It's just Cheryl K. Sutherland. Um, and the most boring version of that name spelling is how you will find me. And then um, if not on my website, www.pleasenotes.com or CherylSutherland.com if you're looking to book me for speaking or training or all that sort of magic. Amazing. Sounds good. So uh, <laughs> no, we have some look below. Just trust me. We got you. And okay, once again, you. of course, the mm-hmm. unlearn resources will be in the link below. You know what I'm saying? So that wraps up the pod. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, please go catch some merch. You know, I'm rocking the hustle for everything cap. Exactly. You know, this is becoming my standard now. This is gonna become like my new aesthetic. Your new look. You know we should saying? get you a little shirt. Oh, for sure. Oh, no, I it's didn't in the get mail. My, Usually I have my Manifest Magic shirt and my Manifest Magic hoodie on, and I'm like, yes. buy my stuff. But, you know. I, okay. I, I had my shirt. It's in the laundry. I've been wearing it every day, like, for the past two weeks. It needed to be washed. And then 45 Nobody minutes. smell you through this. You should have worn it. 45 yes. minutes before this, I was like, yo, let me go check if it's dry. Then I feel it's still damp. And I'm like, damn, I'm not going to be able to go on camera with the shirt on. So, but, uh, yeah. Put it, it in the microwave next time. Oh, put it in the sure. microwave. You put it in the quick, microwave. Quick fix. Wow. Yeah. Oh, put it in there for 30 seconds. My mind seconds is blown. Yeah, honestly, I microwave a lot of clothes. <laughs> but um, yeah, microwave oh, it as long as it doesn't have zippers. Microwave really? it for like 30 seconds. Then like let it out. It'll just steam up. all let all the, let all the water out. And then just microwave it a little bit more. And then let it air dry because it gets all hot again. Mm. Mm. Better than putting it in the dryer again because the dryer will take a while to heat up. And there's a lot of electricity. And black people are going to yell at you for that if you have parents in your house. So like it's just easier if you microwave. That is yeah. so interesting. I did I not know that. That is a gem. That. Yeah, that's a big gem. That's Most definitely. <laughs> I mean, I've big, used big, it a couple times gem. before going to work. And you know what? It happened. Okay? It happened. How much, how much time do you put it on for? You put it on uh, like a minute and a half? <laughs> I 
it depends on no 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 not a minute and a half i've only done it with like 30 seconds at a time or like 15 seconds at a time because it'll get hot it'll start to steam and then you want to let the steam out because if you keep it in the microwave or then it'll start to melt and deteriorate right so just bring it out and like let it breathe and maybe put it in a little bit longer and like Mm -hmm. you'll you'll be able to play with it and tell um but i love especially using it for swimsuits when you're like oh i wash this i'm already in a really humid place and it's just not dry yet. So my, my mom was so mad at me. I wow. microwave my my bathing suits all the time when I'm in the Caribbean. And then be like, yeah, I'm ready. So yeah, microwave your own. Mm. Genius. I mean, I am. What can I say? That's big. Uh, yeah, that's big level. Uh, what a way to end the pod. You what know a way. End it with, you know, with a bang, bro. You know? <laughs> or with a beep, you know, like a beep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh my goodness nothing but big gems of our hustle nation fam all right guys thanks once again cheryl thank you thank you guys so much for having me this is so juicy such a great time i'm glad that we did this when we did versus earlier Mm -hmm. absolutely all right sounds good guys we'll talk to you soon peace out bye